Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And uh, it is my uh, absolute privilege to be with you here these last uh, four and a half years over Red State, Red State Talk, four years over Red State Talk Radio. If you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard, and every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up on the big screen right there in Times Square, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at ya, about a block away from where we Drop the big ball. Hey, glad that your spirits are still high in the midst of everything that could pull them down. I wanted to bring on today someone who could speak to us, uh, um, well, thoroughly about what is truly going on. And Michelle, my uh, crack executive uh, producer, found for us just that person. He is the eminent uh, doctor uh, who has written a book that I believe all of us should find and Absorb. It is called Your Healthcare Playbook Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. Help me welcome to the show for the first time Dr. Dennis Duriel. I believe that's the right pronunciation of his name. Thank you so much for being there. How are you, friend? I'm doing great. Thanks, CL. And is that the correct pronunciation of your name? It's Durrell. Durrell. It's Durrell. You were trying to make it a little French. It's just Durrell. Yeah, down in Louisiana, that might be a little. Uh, you might be related to some of the folks there. Listen, Doc, I want to. I want to ask you this uh, question to kick it off. Are we getting an accurate picture of what we are facing and what's truly going on? What's left out of the conversation from your point of view when the American people are spoken to about this uh, situation? Well, you know, I think that we're getting caught up in this idea of whether it's deadlier than the flu or not. And if it, it seems like epidemiologists are afraid of any number that gets close to that, because then behaviorally, we would say, well, it's like the flu. It's like 2017 when we had 80,000 people die. And what's the big deal? And so because of that, 
as we get more data that shows more people have had it, which is what I've been saying, then it necessarily brings that case fatality rate down. And as you keep bringing it down from 1% to 0.8 to 0.7 to 0.37, which was shown in Germany, now people are worried, oh my gosh, well, it's three times the flu. We've got it. We can't message that. And so my feeling is that Let's just agree it's deadlier than the flu. Let's agree that it's very infectious. Um, but let's not get in a debate about worrying about scaring people or not scaring them. Let's just tell the facts. Scaring them or not scaring them. Let's just tell them the facts. Doc, when we look at your book, uh, The Playbook, when we talk about uh, winning, winning the game of modern medicine, it indicates that there's a game to be won and lost. How do we appear on that scale at this point? Are we winning, losing? Talk to us. Well, you know, I think in the big picture, we're winning. I think when you look at a city like San Francisco uh, and you have 30 deaths, uh, I think that's a win. When you look at New York City, I agree, tragically, tragically, many people died. But we never got to some of those curves that were predicting the entire system would be overwhelmed and that we would be taking people off ventilators and making decisions. We never got there. So in that respect, I think we've won. And I think that getting a, vi a drug now, remdesivir, that has shown the ability to decrease the course of this disease and most likely improve and save lives, I think that is winning. And I think we'll have more of that. And then I think the fact that we're about ready to have a vaccine in the fall on record development of a new kind of vaccine that we've never used, I think that's winning. And so overall, I think we're winning. So sharing that message that you've just shared with us, was that the genesis of the playbook? Talk to us about the genesis. What made you write this? Well, I wrote the playbook when I read the Affordable Care Act, and I realized that health care would never be the same. And I thought that I needed to explain it to people. And so football is very popular. Uh, and I decided to look at the NFL and I worked with the NFL on it. And I used the NFL to explain health care. And so that was really the genesis of the book. That's it's very interesting the way you approached that. Doc, what, what, what must we expect? What would you share with our audience if there was one thing that you would want to leave with our audience, that you'd want to share with our audience from your perspective? What would that be? From my perspective, don't panic. Do not panic. You can keep yourself safe. You need to if you're in a high-risk group, so if you're over 55, 60 age group, if you have hypertension or cardiovascular disease or diabetes, you probably need to stay isolated longer. I'm recommending that to my mom. If you're going to go out in public, then wear a mask if you're going to be inside. If you're outside, then it's fine. And make sure and clean your hands, wash your hands, and use sanitizer. And I think if we do those things, then, then we're going to be fine. And friends... Hear what the doctor has had to say about that. Now, doctor, uh, I ask uh, a lot of our guests uh, here, and you've been uh, doing this work, you're doing this work uh, very diligently. 
But when uh, you hang up your spurs, you're sitting on your porch, you're rocking, you're looking off into the sunset. Uh, what would you want us to remember about uh, Dr. Dennis Durrell? Wow, that's a question I have not been asked. Um, I would say that what you'd want to know, or I'd like to be remembered as, explaining and communicating complex things like healthcare and health to as many people as possible so that they can live their longest and highest quality life. And friends, what higher aspiration would any of us want to aspire to. Dennis, uh, I would definitely look into that name uh, match in New Orleans. I don't know if you're related to any of the Durrells. Uh, Durrell is, <laughs> is pronounced two ways down there. And uh, and so, but there's there's a large family with that very name down that way. And man, I want to thank you uh, for being on with me. Where can people get in touch with you? How do people bring you to where they are? How does that happen? Well, follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm putting a lot of information at Dr. Durrell. Uh, and I also developed an app called My Doc Replay. It's free. You can get on Apple and Android. And when you go to the hospital, you can't visit any of your relatives. So use my app and ask the doctor if it's okay to record the conversation, just the, just a summary, and you can share it. For example, my dad lives in Georgia. I can now see what his doctor says because we should share it on a secure app. So go and get My Doc Replay. It's free and it's for everyone now. Oh, that sounds really good and very useful, uh, folks. Uh, be sure to grab that. And, Doc, again, I want to thank you so much for being on with me. Michelle, let's have him on often uh, as we uh, recover from this. And b believe me, folks, we can win, and we will be winning uh, in the game of modern medicine. Thanks, Doc, for writing the book, and thanks for being on with me. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for what you're doing. I'm happy to join anytime. I'm CL. This is the CL Brian show. That was Dr. Durrell. And hey, I got to tell you something, uh, friends. Um, yeah, we're in a we're in a pickle. There's no question about it. But we're coming out of it. And don't believe don't let yourself believe anyone who tells you we're not. We've beaten worse things as a, a, a species. <laughs> as a species, we, we're pretty tough. We're, we're pretty resilient as a species. We are. But still, there is so much for us to talk about here today. And we're going to uh, get to that. Um, I was saying yesterday that um, well not yesterday but it's been, it's been a while back now we we need um, we need money and man I, I almost I catapulted myself back 40 years in time to a small Baptist pulpit in the country my first church in Longview Texas uh, yeah and that was perhaps as a young preacher, my ever uh, present sermon, we need money. <laughs> yeah, 
But America, the truth of the matter is we need money. We need money. And the only way we get money is if you go back to work and do your thing. Do you. Helps us all. Doing you helps us all. What you are doing most likely right now, uh, whether you're driving down the street, listening to the radio or, or, you know, in replay or you're listening to the app somewhere at home or your office or or whatever. uh, Most likely that's not you. That is not you. You know, that's not what your life is about is, is, is sitting around doing what you're doing. And, and I thank God for the apps and so forth that we have so that we can uh, reach you wherever you are. But you're probably not listening to the show in a normal place where you would be listening to it. It's not you. And so we always um, need money to make thing money money makes things happen yeah the old song ray, ray i think ray charles made it famous uh, i want some money and i'm not talking uh, from a preacher perspective or a politician perspective i'm not a politician i am a preacher but i'm not a politician i'm talking from a realistic perspective Ray was right. You know, love gives me such a thrill. But love of country don't pay my bills. I need money. We need money. That's what we want. Yeah. And the only way that America gets money is if we get back to being productive as we have been in the past. And so, so let's go back to work. Let's get, let's get it done. Passing the buck without passing, uh, the buck. We need money. Pass the buck to yourself. We need money, whole lot of money. And Hey, the stock market is, uh, on the rebound already. And, but as I say to you, almost daily procrastination is the thief of time. Collar him. Grab him. You you you, you got to collar him and put him under arrest. Procrastination. And, and and friends, when we bring this full circle, we are able to get a good look at ourselves as an American family and you are able to get a good look at yourself as a family unit. Ask yourself the question and then answer it earnestly. Don't deceive yourself. Has this situation, has this virus brought you closer or has it made you more distant from those you love? Has it made you yearn to be with them more than, um, you know, since you haven't been able to do it? So are you hearing me? Has it or has has you have it 
caused you all to actually drift apart and drift away. Let's, you know, this is a time right now, right now, when there's some soul searching that has to go on. And, and, and right now, uh, I think, is a great time for uh, men and women in relationships, husband and wives, children, uh, to get with their children and their loved ones and, and so forth, and, and just see just how strong we are as a family. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, the, the thing that I hate the most in, in, in all of my life is the loss of my wife, Jane. I hate that more than anything that has ever happened to me in my life. And I've lost my mother and I've lost my father. But um, that was uh, something that you take in stride and you go on. But the loss of a long-term spouse over 40 years, folks, is absolutely breathtaking it is and you you don't know if you're you don't know if you're breathing still but i am so grateful that in her loss it has made me realize just how fleeting and short our time is. And so with that in mind, uh, I call my, uh, my still existence, my aunts and uncles who I still have alive. I have three of them alive, still with me. Well, um, three aunts and one uncle. I have three aunts and one uncle who's still alive. And I call them because I have realized how final that death is. So we have an opportunity now, friends, to examine ourselves as an American family, and you have an opportunity to examine what type of family cohesion you have. Or you ask yourself, are you closer together as a family unit, or have you seen just how, you know, splintered you truly are? Have you, have you seen that? I, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm grateful to God that he has brought my family, even my children and I are closer. They were always very, very tight and close with their mom. Me, I was always traveling or, you know, running around somewhere. And I am so glad that uh, this has brought me in closer contact with my children and um, I'm, I'm talking about just in conversation. Americans, take heart. There is a bright side to this somewhere. There is. And um, me, and just my nature to look at the glass half full, uh, I know most of you would um, think that, well, CL, uh, introverts usually, I mean, extroverts usually do that. Introverts usually look at the glass half empty. Um, and, and I guess uh, here on the show, I guess I'm an extrovert's extroverts. Extroverts look at the glass half, half full. But my true nature is quiet. I'm very quiet. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an introvert, but I'm much quieter off air than I am on air. But I always look at the glass half full. It's got to be a problem. <laughs> 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. are lifted high our hearts are bowing in reverence CL back with you on this great day in the USA I want to thank you so much for being there with us as we build this bridge and travel um, this road together daily right here on the CL Bryant show Um, you know friends There are a lot of things that are going on right now um, that if you let it, if you allow it, it will rob you of your appetite for the struggle, your struggle, whatever it is. That's why I encourage you, don't be lulled to sleep. Don't be lulled into a false sense of um, feather bed landing because um, government is reaching out to sustain your business and sustain your paychecks. That cannot be sustained. That has to end, and it and end it will soon. It will end. And we must get back to work. And we have to go back to work with the appetite for success that we had when all of this came down upon us. I want you uh, to think about this because Lord knows I thank him for allowing me to approach life in this way. It's worked for me, even in the midst of loss, great, great loss. And as I told you before we left in the last segment, I have never experienced the type of pain that I felt when I lost my wife, Jane. Never, never have I felt that type of pain. And never, I'm going to tell you something, folks, um, never, 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 never uh, do I want to experience that again. But I, I thank God that I didn't lose my appetite for life. And I thank him that uh, he, he gives us even respect and victory in the presence of things that we can consider our enemies. That's the word. Yeah. He's prepared the table uh, before us in the presence of our enemies. We've gotten success. We've gotten victory. uh, We've gotten respect in the presence of our enemies. America, don't be lied to about this thing going forward. I had on the show with me uh, earlier, 
in the in the first hour, Dr. Marlene McMillan. And Dr. Marlene tells us about a dialectic process that has been used certainly in America um, since the 20s in our educational system. I want to bring her back. Michelle, I want to get her back uh, soon so that we can talk about the Frankfurt School. You can, um, uh, School of Thought, the Frankfurt School. You can Google that. And you can see that a a school of thought, beginning in Frankfurt, Germany, they were, um, you know, progressives, you know, liberals, uh, not in the classic sense. They had gotten radical. But it sounded so good that it created a movement. And that movement was run out. I think it's by Hitler. I'm pretty sure it's by Hitler. Um, Excuse me. And they came to New York, to America. And I I think it's Columbia. I'm pretty sure it's Columbia University is where the Frankfurt School of Thought basically took up residence. And the tentacles of liberalism spread throughout America from there. I have friends who have been educated at Columbia. And uh, even though we're at our core diametrically in disagreement, the conversations are always very interesting and worthy because we're so diametrically opposed in our school of thought. But the conversation is interesting, and that's the next point that I want to make, even though we don't want to lose our appetite for life and living our lives to its fullest and achieving our goals, because you cannot achieve your goals doing what you're doing, what we're doing now. We must get our lives back. But we also... Uh, must understand that we cannot stop having rational conversation. Now, you can believe this or not, you know, have it your your way. You can can believe it or not. But um, every time, most of the time, I won't say every time, that'd be an exaggeration, but most of the time, that uh, we try and have rational conversation with the other side. It turns into a show that none of us really want to see. Yeah. Because we start getting into personalities. And folks, it is time right now for us to um, do something different. Now, and, 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 and let me tell you why. Check this out. And you know that uh, this has to, if they want to keep Joe, if they want to keep Joe, and it looks like they just might want to keep Joe, 
then they're going to have to bring somebody to this ticket that is dynamic enough to make Joe interesting, or at least the ticket interesting. And right now, Obama, Michelle Obama's name is being batted about as running as his VP. Now, you've got to know something. You've got to know this. That the gig, the jig is definitely going to be up. The cover is going to be blown back if, in fact, this happens. Well, you know, Kennedy's tried to do it. The Bushes did it. Biden would have liked to have done it. That was the plan. That was the plan for Bo Biden. Yeah. The Obamas, I don't know if Michelle's game for that. It would be an incredible shot in the arm for a failing campaign. It would uh, lend to uh, the Democrats what they need more than anything else. Someone to take our eyes off of Joe Biden. It must be that Mario Cuomo, if uh, Michelle, as is being batted about, is seriously considering this, must be that that, uh, Andrew Cuomo has definitively said no. (laughs) Uh, Not under any circumstance. Andrew Cuomo must have said no. Not under any circumstance. So they want you to continue to have interest in the party. So even if Michelle is saying that there is no way, no how that she would run on the ticket with Joe, that would be, I mean, listen, he's, he would embarrass her inevitably. Listen, it's, it's almost tempting to, to hope that she does it because he inevitably would embarrass her. There would inevitably be a rift he would gaff it up. There's no question about that. So I'm almost tempted to to hope that that actually happens because it would be such a strain. It would be such a strain. <laughs> Michelle Obama. Biden Obama this time around the script is flipped wow not yet but they're thinking about it they're thinking that's the only weapon that they have left in the arsenal since the Russian collusion and the impeachment hearings and the president of the uh, Ukraine, uh, I mean, not the Ukraine, but uh, Iran, uh, uh, Afghanistan conversation. Uh, The president of Ukraine. None of it has worked. It has all failed. 
So the only are the only weapon that they have left in their arsenal to build around to pray that some money would come into the party again to corral the black vote that is slip sliding away from them and threatening to stay home. Listen, even if the black vote doesn't vote for Donald Trump, if they don't come out to vote for Biden, game over. But it does appear that there is a huge, huge chunk of that black vote that's going to go again, even above the 8%, again for DJT. The Dems feel they must do something to stem, to staunch the bleeding. Trump's going to cakewalk this thing, especially if the economy continues to uh, recover, and it will, then um, he'll cakewalk it. But don't take it for granted now. But, But if this continues... The way it's beginning to recover, you'll cakewalk it. If Biden doesn't get someone dynamic to run on the ticket with him. And Michelle Obama is currently being bantied about. And uh, you let the progressive news media talk about it. She may be looking at it with a smile on her face. (laughs) And... uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, though, of <laughs> um, why I don't think Barack should have had Hillary, Hillary as his vice presidential pick either, because uh, why would you put Michelle Obama in right behind you to uh, one heartbeat away from being president of the United States, which would put Barack back in the White House? <laughs> oh, Joe, don't you be no fool. <laughs> Joe, Joe, uh, Mr. Biden, Mr. Vice President, uh, Senator Biden, don't you be no fool and uh, choose Michelle Obama to be just one heartbeat away from the presidency of the United States. Of course, that may be all in the master plan that Joe and the Dems have. It may all be in the plan. I know one thing, you best beware of what's going on here. Buyer, beware of what's going on here because there is a method to the madness that you see beginning to take shape. All right. Um, when will sports, listen, I'm, you know I'm a sports fan, right? Got to have it. Um, ESPN uh, fans want um, sports back. I know I do. 
without uh, spectators in the sand, in the stands. You guys get yourself uh, all tested up and get back out on the court. You don't have to have sp- spectators in the stands to for us to see basketball on the court. Huh? Come on now. Let's let's get to, let's get some some action going. Let's get some sports. Let's get some competition going. You guys get tested up, check for fevers, what have you. And uh, let's get back out there and let's start playing some ball. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take us still another week or so to get back on, on track, maybe even another month or two to get back on track. Y'all can at least play ball. Baseball, hey, use the spacing in the dugout. Uh, whatever it takes, let's let's start let's start slapping that ball over the fence again. Come on, let's get something done here. If we if if you guys will, you know, if you guys will get it get it on 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 track, you know what? You can actually lead the way to making us all feel better about wanting to get back into the groove. So let's let's uh, let these. Um, let, I hope they work that out real soon. Now. Looks like eventually General Michael Flynn, I believe General Michael Flynn is going to be a very wealthy man. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a year, two years from now. uh, But I have a feeling General Michael Flynn is going to be a very wealthy man. Once he gets through suing the pants off of individuals and organizations, because it now appears that the uh, prosecutor lied to the judge. And when we come back after the break, I want to talk about this because, hey, if it can happen to Flynn for the reason that this happened to Flynn, why you should be concerned is because, friends, it can happen to you. I don't care what your political stripe is. this can happen to Flynn and the way this happened to Flynn, then it surely can happen to you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me and helping us build a bridge to conversation on controversial topics uh, here in our great land of America as we build the bridge. Uh, thank you so much for being there as we come together to defeat this thing. And uh, we do it by respecting each other loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And in my case, I love the Lord, my God, first of all, with all my heart, mind and strength. Then I, in loving him, can't help but love my neighbor. That's the attitude that's going to bring us out of this folks. Let's do it together. I'll be back home stretch. CL Brian show today. Don't go anywhere. Be right back at ya. you. Thought I was worth
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank each and every one of you for coming along with us, helping us build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show on this great day in the USA. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I was saying to you in the um, last uh, segment there as we left you, General Michael Flynn, he is going to be a wealthy man, not too many days hence, (laughs) maybe a year, maybe two, but uh, he's going to be a very wealthy man because it appears that the prosecutor um, may have lied to the judge in this Flynn case, which, of course, will um, hasten the time when Flynn can be exonerated. There won't be any need for uh, the president to pardon him. He'll be totally, this thing will be thrown away. He'll be exonerated. Uh, but he needs to be, his, his life needs to be restored monetarily at least. You can't uh, restore the humiliation. You can't, you can't restore that. You can't, they, there's nothing, but it, it, there's some punitive things that can be done to make that humiliation that he felt feel better. So I'm feeling that he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna cash in on this. The uh, revelations that the FBI might have tried to entrap, that's, a, that's an important word to, to hear. They may have tried to entrap retired General Michael Flynn as part of the Russia investigation against President Trump uh, could indicate that a Justice Department prosecutor did not comply with a judge's order regarding which evidence is produced. Days after FBI documents pertaining to the Flynn case were released, and showed that agents discussed forcing him to lie. Stop right there. You, I know that some of you out there, you critics of you know the administration, and of course whatever may be you know exonerating to um, the the narrative that um, that would strengthen the narrative that this is all a setup against this president because they don't like his personality. 
the works he's done is, is spoken for themselves. We've, we've been more prosperous in those three and a half years. You may not like his personality, the way he speaks, but you're, you're a bold-faced liar. If you're thinking that somehow uh, we have suffered under this administration as a country financially. And you certainly cannot blame the coronavirus on Trump. That's nothing to do with, with his policies. And so you try to say, well, he didn't act soon enough. Nobody could have done it any better. Nobody. With the information we, he, we, he, gotten, he had gotten, nobody could have acted any better. But if they can do this to Flynn, they can do this to you. And so what did they do to Flynn? They tried to force him to lie. They forced him to lie. You may say, how does a person, can't nobody force me to lie? Yeah, they do. They lie. Yeah, they do. Force you to lie. Force you to lie all the time. All kinds of ways. Black folks who uh, go to church on Sunday and go to the poll on Tuesday to vote lie all the time. Either you are who you are at church or you are who you are at the poll. All the time. So a person comes to you and say, hey, look, uh, if you don't cooperate with us, we're going we're gonna to make sure your son goes to jail. Well, now, this ain't just some guy off the street threatening your son. You can deal with that. This is the FBI. Yeah. This is the FBI. And you know that they have you in their crosshairs because of the post that you've just been appointed to. You know that, yeah, you did talk to uh, the Russians, but you didn't realize that you were well within your own rights to do that. So you, you actually lie. You, 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 you said what you said to, first of all, protect your son. And secondly, it didn't matter that you told them you didn't talk to them. It wasn't their business. Because you were within your appointed right to speak to whoever you wanted to talk to as far as uh, transition was concerned. You were in a transitionary mode. It was not their business to ask you, what your, did you talk to the Russian ambassador? Especially after they had threatened you with the incarceration of your son. And any one of you out there who's saying, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have told him no lie. Shut up. <laughs> I know you would have. I would, I'm not going to give up my family. No way. I'm not going to give them up. I'm not going to give them up. I'm not gonna give up. My son, my son comes to me. Uh, if, my, if I knew my son did something, he comes to me and say, Dad, uh, I need your help. Uh, I need to sort this out, what a yada, yada. Uh, I don't know about you. 
I don't know how you were raised, and maybe I'm uh, not, uh, maybe I wasn't raised right, but it's worked for me. Uh, but um, uh, my father uh, just didn't um, go along with anybody not pulling their weight as far as uh, their own responsibility was concerned. And in his thought pattern that way, it was his responsibility to protect his family. And you come around asking information about any member of our family, my dad would shut you down. Well, I mean, I don't see what how that's any of your business. He was very direct that way. I, I, you know, I've seen him do that when somebody asks a question about uh, his, us, his, my, my mom or me or uh, his sister or brothers or so forth. I, Dad would shut that down immediately by saying, I don't see how that would be any of your business. Simple as that. And so America, when it comes to Michael Flynn, he was appointed to be the president's advisor, uh, foreign advisor. It was his job to talk to the Russians. But somehow he may have thought that he did think that he must have stepped out of his own parameters, which he did not. That was not that was not one at one point in time that he was not within his rights. If he told the FBI that he had not talked to the Russians, it wasn't their business that he did. He couldn't lie to them because it wasn't their business. And especially after they had told him that they would incarcerate his son if um, he didn't cooperate with them. I'm not going to be surprised if Flynn doesn't walk away a very wealthy, wealthy man. But if they can do it to Flynn, they can do it to you. The agents between themselves showed that they discussed forcing him to lie. So they knew that it was possible, right? The FBI, they know that it's possible to force a person to lie. Hmm? When did you stop beating your wife? I never beat my wife. Why are you being so defensive? <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, folks. Any of us can be led down a path to be to appear to be misleading or law wrong or lying. Any of us, anybody can anybody can be put in that situation, and they the FBI, the most powerful investigation bureau in the world. Our people, not, I'm not talking about our, our people out in the field now. Our people in the field, uh, now um, all of them may aspire to be up there in the top office, but uh, I know former and or me or uh, his sister or brothers or so forth, I, dad would shut that down immediately by saying, I don't see how that would be any of your business. 
Simple as that. And so America, when it comes to Michael Flynn, he was appointed to be the president's advisor, uh, foreign advisor. It was his job to talk to the Russians. But somehow he may have thought that he did think that he must have stepped out of his own parameters, which he did not. That was not that was not one at one point in time that he was not within his rights. If he told the FBI that he had not talked to the Russians, it wasn't their business that he did. He couldn't lie to them because it wasn't their business. And especially after they had told him that they would incarcerate his son if um, he didn't cooperate with them. I'm not going to be surprised if Flynn doesn't walk away a very wealthy, wealthy man. But if they can do it to Flynn, they can do it to you. The agents between themselves showed that they discussed forcing him to lie. So they knew that it was possible, right? The FBI, they know that it's possible to force a person to lie. Hmm? When did you stop beating your wife? I never beat my wife. Why are you being so defensive? <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, folks. Any of us can be led down a path to be to appear to be misleading or law wrong or lying. Any of us, anybody can, anybody can be put in that situation. And they, the FBI, the most powerful investigation bureau in the world. Our people, not, I'm not talking about our, our people out in the field now. Our people in the field, uh, now I'm, all of them may aspire to be up there in the top office, but uh, I know former and current FBI agents have a good buddy. Uh, Jonathan Gilliam is on the show with me all the time. Uh, he's, a, he's a special agent. And folks, those are some great guys. But what had run amok in this situation is that people like Comey had created a culture where folks like Peter Strzok Strzok, uh, felt that they were absolute. And so nothing worked against bringing this president down. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. And so they're going to try and run Michelle. They like to run Michelle. Well, I think that's just to have us looking somewhere else. I don't think, why would Michelle... How how would being vice president on a ticket with Joe Biden? How can that be your best life? <laughs> uh, I mean, 
that cannot be an Oprah moment. Oprah, Oprah needs to talk to her. That, that cannot be a best life thing for Michelle Obama. So it's just a play. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it off as a ruse for now. Could become real. Who knows? Well, folks, um, um, I certainly thank you for coming along with me. Tomorrow, Dr. Kia Ellison will be on with me. Uh, she uh, has been on with me so many times in the midst of suicide and depression and anxiety that's uh, happening in our nation now. Uh, a professional like Dr. Ellison uh, need to speak to you. Uh, she need to speak to the American psyche and soul. And that's what she does so well. Going to have her on with me tomorrow. Tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. You're always a day <laughs> away. I want to thank God for bringing us to yet the close of yet another day here on the show. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep you all.